So we are um, in the middle of the discussion of the two kinds of souls, the souls which are called Yaakov, the souls which are called Yisrael, souls which are in a realm of concealment of Shem Elikim, and souls which are experiencing revelation of Kivavke. And what we've learned so far is that the souls which are called Yisrael, the higher kind of souls, their relationship to Hashem is like the relationship of a son to a father. Or like the ultimate relationship of a son to a father. Where the son wants whatever the father wants. Oh! Basmachter! Mm. And the son thinks like the father. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, if, if, if I don't see all the, all the, all the street lights lined up as green today, I'll be surprised. <laughs> so, so um, a relationship of a son to a father... The ultimate relationship is where the desire of the son, like the desire of the father, the son's mind naturally gravitates wherever the father's mind is. He doesn't um, understand anything other than the way the father thinks. Whatever his father asks him to do is not considered a burden, it's considered a pleasure. And that's the way these souls work. They're, every soul is an actual part of God, but these souls experience that. They, they experience life as being a God's child. And therefore, their desire naturally is to do what Hashem wants them to do. They understand the truth of Hashem on the level of Das Elyon, which means they understand that what's real is real, Hashem is real, and everything else is, is negligible. That's the, way, that's the way their mind works. And uh, these Nishamas are... Um, uh, are, 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 are Moshe Shabbinu said, the Zohar describes Moshe Shabbinu. Like a child who tries to save his parents from, from imprisonment or whatever, the Zohar says that a child would rather give his life uh, happily to save his parents. These neshamists, they experience life like that. Their life is about devotion to their father in heaven. They feel the Abishter, and uh, that's the way they experience life. They're like children to their parents. Children to, so now we're going to discuss the lower kind of souls. What page are you on? We're on page uh, tough. We're on the, the paragraph beginning with the word Abel Hine, the third paragraph. The mind. Yeah. Avol, there's a third copy somewhere. Uh, I can show. Okay. Av, now we're going to discuss the other souls. We discussed the sugar and spice and everything nice souls. Now we're going to discuss most souls, which are our souls. Avol, Hine, There's another level, and that level is called the slave. And this is also a Jewish experience. The souls of Israel have this experience. Because of their body. As it says in the Torah, God says, the Jewish people are called my, my servants. In other words, because our body hides the light of the Neshama, that's why we have experienced life also, not just as God's children, we had that part of us in us as well, in, deep, in a deeper way. Deep within the Jew, you'll find the relationship of a child to a father, but externally, consciously, overtly, there is another experience, and that is being a servant of Hashem. That's because of our body. I know this is correct or not, but yours truly once wrote a whole Hasidic uh, philpul about this line that we just read. Um, the, the Rebbe uh, writes another discourse about how um, when the Jewish people were at Mount Sinai, it says God chose us to be, cho- chose us as a people. So it says in Hasidus that what was added to our relationship at Mount Sinai was not just a uh, relationship of a child to a father, a natural relationship, 
but it was something more than natural. A choice is something more than that, that than just natural. You have a relationship because a child and a father they're naturally connected. There's a limitation to that relationship as well. But a, but a servant to a master that's something deeper. That comes from the very core. So what was added to our relationship to Hashem at Mount Sinai by God's choice is not only were we God's children, but we became God's servants. It became something which was infinite, not just something which is that we have a, a affinity to, an attraction to, a, a natural bond with, but Hashem choosing us evoked in us this uh, idea of being not just a child, but also a servant of Hashem, going beyond our nature. Even if we're not interested, we're still interested. Even if we don't want to, there's a part of us that, that wants anyways. That's the idea of Hashem choosing us. It's something which comes from the core essence of Hashem, a choice, unlike a natural relationship. is natural relationship, is, as high as it can be, still has a limit, but a a core bond is uh, is something that is expressed in a choice. There's nothing pulling me in any direction. I choose this. What 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 is the uh, where is the I in a choice? The I in a choice is my very core. It's not my mind. It's not my heart. It's not my feelings. It's not the way I woke up this morning. It's just something about me that chooses this. So who did Hashem choose at Mount Sinai? Did He choose our souls? Or he choose our bodies? But as in Tanya, whenever we say the Shema uh, before the Shema, we're supposed to and during the Shema. We're supposed to remember the six things you're supposed to remember every day. You know that? Before the Shema, we say the words God chose us from all nations. We say God brought us close to Him. We say that God brought us close to Him to remember Him and to thank Him, uh, to, to, to unify Him, to confirm his, affirm his oneness and to, and to thank Him. So it says in the Shulchan Aruch, when you say those words, you have to be conscious of the six remembrances. When you say the words that God brought us close to Him to thank Him, you have to think about how the purpose of our tongue is to thank Hashem, not to say Lashon Miriam. When you say the words, God chose us from all nations, you have to uh, think about how on Mount Sinai, God chose us. When you say the words in Shema, and you, when you put on your tzitzis, you're supposed to remember all the commandments of God. What's all the commandments of God? All the commandments of God means Shabbos. Because Shabbos is equal to all mitzvahs. So those are the first three. Go look in Shulchan Aruch and figure out the rest. So, the... Uh, the, the, the action of Tokan Shachanarach, I think in the blue sitter, in, in those notes in the blue sitter, the, the 22, 23, you know, footnotes. So it tells you exactly what to think by each, by, in, in the blessing before Shema, and there's, there's just one remembrance in the Shema. So, so, the altar says in Tanya, God has chosen us from all nations. What is that referring to? That's referring to choosing the body, not the Neshama, because the Neshama is a natural bond with Hashem. So my Neanderthal brain says, oh, the Rebbe Rashab is saying that our relationship with Hashem, because of our body, is like a servant. It's because of our body. That mirrors this idea that Rebbe is saying that God chose us. And once God chose us, our relationship with Hashem became like a servant. And the author says in Tanya that the, our, Hashem's choice of us is, is choosing our body. And therefore, I, uh, I, don't, I don't think that's a simple translation that Rebbe Rashab is saying. The simple translation is that our body can hover, covers and conceals in Hashem. And because the body covers in Hashem, that's why we serve Hashem not like children, but like servants. But it could be that Rabbi Hashem is also alluding to this idea as well, that because of our body, we don't just have a relationship with Hashem like a child to a father, we also have a relationship with Hashem like servants, which is something which is infinite, not just a natural bond, but, 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 but like a servant to a master, where when you're not interested and you don't feel, you still, your core chooses, this is what I, this is what I have to do. What, be it as it may, let's, let's, what, what is a servant? Now we're going to discuss exactly how a servant serves his master. How does it work? This is like a servant does something for his master. We see that the main 
ingredient in the service is the yoke. The servant does not want to serve his master at all. And the whole service of the, of the servant is, is with this big yoke that's upon his shoulders because of the fear of his master. He will do all the most difficult tasks. Although it is very against his power, very against his desire, it's something that he's not within his power. Thank you. Uh, it's something that's really hard for him. It's so hard for him until he gets exasperated. He doesn't like it. Even at nighttime, he is not really peace when he sleeps. He has upon him this iron yoke to serve his master. Iron the surface, what's iron? Iron means that's I mean, really hard, meaning it's, 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 there, there's this bond there of, of service that is unbreakable. He has a little bit of sleep, not too much because he's a servant, but he is ready when his master says, uh, get up, he's getting up. He doesn't allow himself to like catch his breath, he doesn't allow himself to like, to like have any respite because he knows he's a servant. So like when the master calls in the middle of the night to go do something, he is he is he is he's halfway there before he will even call them. He's a servant. and despite the difficulty over here, the servant accepts this because of the yoke of the master. even though it's against his will. This becomes to the servant like the his very nature. This becomes like his nature. It's difficult, but now he has become, this become his it's as if he's born with this nature. To carry the yoke and the burden, just like an ox is accustomed, the ox expects to have that burden on its shoulders, and so does the donkey expect to have its burden. This this servant has the same expectation, the same devotion to his master as the ox and the donkey. And this acceptance of the yoke of his master has become literally his nature. How did this happen? He's a human being. Where did his, um, how did the light in his eyes go dim for him to become such a servant of his master that he has no other, you know, that he's, this is what he's doing. It's hard for him to like it, and yet it's unquestionable that he's going to listen to his master. Where does it, where does it start? So he says a line over here. Because of who? It's all because. Because in that moment, that he gave himself over to become a, ser- a slave, he has become totally uh, nullified to his master in his core of his very being. As if he does not exist in the world at all. And he hasn't been created any for any other purpose other than to serve his master. He is not just halachically considered like his possession, but he considers himself like a possession of his master. Because of this, because of this, he accepts upon himself the hardest jobs. And he does not think about this at all. He doesn't think, oh, am I supposed to do this? No, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't enter his mind. It doesn't enter his mind. What does his mind say instead? When his, when his master says, go, go, uh, uh, clean the, uh, the, the, the latrine with your toothbrush and use your own toothbrush. What does he think? His brain thinks, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's his whole essence, service. 
Therefore, this has become his very nature to carry all the birds. Okay. So this doesn't sound like something we all want to do, right? No, you're, you're losing me. <laughs> Quickly. So w- 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 why are we reading about this? It doesn't sound like it's fun, right? Thank you. He was once by the previous Rebbe for Shavuos. And the previous Rebbe was giving a discourse, and he was sleeping. He was sleeping because uh, he up the first night of Shavuos, and the second night of Shavuos, something else happened. And so now, it's the end of Shavuos, the previous Rebbe was saying a discourse, maybe it's the second day of Shavuos. And he just, he was over, he was sleeping, and someone woke him up. There's a mimer. So he ran to go to the mimer, and uh, when he's in the middle, he comes into the mimer, and the previous Rebbe is in the middle of the mimer, and he's saying the following words. A servant never oversleeps. And so in this, in like his whole life, he would talk about this. A servant never oversleeps. So, the, 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 I think the main point over here <clears throat> that we need to take from this, this, this idea is, first of all, that there's, there, there, it's, it, there is such a thing as, as, um, as belonging, as belonging, belonging, that your service of Hashem, you belong to it. It's such a thing. It starts with, you give yourself over to it, that this is, this is what you're doing. Uh, I'm Shabbos. Yeah. My wife went to a birth plastic all the way to last night, approximately 5.30 at night in the evening. She came home, she went to sleep about 10 o'clock. She went to sleep about 10 o'clock at 1.30, another lady comes. Close. <laughs> oh my the God. way she got, I'm like, she's going to turn over and tell her, I'll see you in a few hours. I, I can't make it. So I'm, I exactly that. It's a, it's a new entity. You know, this is, I need to get up and I'm giving I, over to this. Right. To this experience, sleep. I have sleep. I it's not good enough. Right. That's wow. I think that's mamish. Totally. I, you, you, if you've seen it, it's totally. It's a new experience. To sleep. On, on so it's just interesting in professional training. When I grew up, we were on call twenty-four. On day, off a day, which meant that on the days we were off, we're still on to class, but we didn't have night, you know. And the resident, residency. Yeah. And the residency committee met, and they realized that there were a lot of mistakes being made at night in these conditions. And they decreed the residency programs had to give, you know, two days off for one day on. You know, you got to be very careful about sleep. Right, right. That's true. That's true. We're, we're not glorifying not sleeping. That's right. not the point. No, you're 100% right, but yeah. that's not the point. The point is, is the example where you totally... Yeah, I understand. Let's use this example. Okay. Uh, imagine somebody who like loves the philosophy of a Amalek, right? Okay. He, he loves the Amalek philosophy. He thinks the Amalek philosophy is like is like the ultimate. He is go, goes to the Amalekanian University, and he comes out of there and like Amalek. That's what it is. Five minute camp. Yes, he's like this is it. Frigidity, doubt. It's all for me, and I like this. And 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 and. He, and and he's, he happens to be Jewish, okay, and, and, and doesn't surprise us, right? But that's 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 what. And so Halacha says, if someone kills that person, he's liable to death penalty. On the other hand, <clears throat> if it's an animal that belongs to Amalek, an animal belongs to Amalek, what's Halacha? Has to be killed. <laughs> the animal doesn't know and doesn't hear, doesn't understand, and and the animal has to be killed. And this guy. He is Amalek. He is a soldier of Amalek. Yeah. What's the difference? The difference is, the the this guy, this who has gone to this, who is so uh, who finds Amalek so so uh, attractive, 
he is not a Malik. He belongs to himself, he's a Jew, he has a Shaman, that's his first identity. All this is external. The animal belongs to a Malik. The Rebbe is comparing the service of this guy to an animal, saying it's possible to reach a level of the service of Hashem, that you belong to the Hashem. And where does it start from? It starts from this idea that you give yourself over to be a servant of Hashem. You belong to the Hashem. It's not that you just do stuff for the Hashem. You give yourself over to be a servant of Hashem. We're going to see that this is that there are many different kinds of servants, but I think the point we've, that we learned so far from this example is, is this idea that there's, there, it's possible that you're in your very core you belong to the Hashem. Vihine. Can I have one thing? Yeah, go ahead. Sometimes like, we think that we need to find this power somewhere outside. But the, 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 the ability, the drive to, to do this is already within ourselves. Oh. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we think it's something we have to search for. Right. Like, oh, we have to, you know, go to India to find the Balas all or it's throughout. Right. But really, this, this nature is already within ourselves. We right. just need to, like, dig That's what I said before. That's why I, I, I like to, I like, I like to say what I said before, which is that when Hashem chose us to be a servant, Chobsham shows the mountain sign, and the Rebbe says that created a new relation. Now, like a servant to a master, that became our, our, our. The Rebbe says that's why when we left Egypt, not everyone left. Because the relationship of son to a father has a limitation. There it's possible to say, I'm not a son of Hashem. And those who said, I'm not a son of Hashem, I'm a servant of Pari, they stayed in Egypt. Mashiach will come, <coughs> everyone's going to leave Egypt. Everyone's going to leave this exile. What's the difference? How come I eat Mitzrayim? Not everybody left, and now everyone's going to leave. The difference is, by Mitzrayim, relationship was like a child to a father, and therefore it's possible to, to use your core decision to say, I'm not a child of my father, to hide that. You still are, but you have to hide that. And after the Hashem gave us the Torah, that created a new kind of bond, which is within us, which is our, our, our choice of our core is, we belong to Hashem, or servants of Hashem. That's, that, it's, it's within us, like you're saying. Is this why uh, when Saul went uh, to fight the Amalekites, he didn't kill all the animals? That's why he uh, lost yeah, 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 correct, correct, correct. So, just, just one more line before we go right there. Uh, he didn't do anything wrong. He overslept, right? But if he was a servant, he wouldn't oversleep. It, it doesn't sound impossible to us. Like uh, in Lubavitch, uh, they, 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 I don't know if this is true or not, what I heard was that if a guy's yarmulke would fall off in the middle of the night, the dean of the yeshiva, or wherever it was, would go to the boy... And like, you know, like in, we learned about them in the base of Megdash, if a lady is oversleeping, so then they, they burn his clothing. So Lubavitch, they would, <laughs> the Negelvasser would be moved from the next to the bed to on the bed, if the guy's uh, yarmulke fell off. I don't know if that actually what happened, uh, but, uh, but, but, but it was expected, yarmulke should stay on. <laughs> he's sleeping, you're sleeping. Well, you're not sleeping. You're, you're sleeping, it's true, but, but it's possible to have a bond with the Abishter in a way that you belong to him, therefore it's not possible. It's not possible it comes off. Doesn't sound like... Or another example, Rabbi Zalmi's Zayder, Babam Hecht, was in an audience with the Rebbe. The family has a different version of the story. I heard it from myself, as what I remember, that he was by the previous Rebbe. The previous Rebbe was telling him something, and he couldn't understand what the previous Rebbe said. So he said, what is the Rebbe saying? Like, a lot of people, a lot of people after, after the previous Rebbe came to America and was partially paralyzed, a lot of people couldn't understand what the previous Rebbe said. It was hard to talk to us. And there was a secretary who would, who would explain. So, um, so he said... What? And the previous Rebbe said, what does not mean obedience. <laughs> so, so it doesn't sound, he didn't hear, huh? what do you want from the guy? That's why I heard the story. I think the family's version is different. What, it, what, it, what the previous Rebbe said, he said, um, he said, why? He said, why? When the previous Rebbe said, why is not obedience? 
I don't think that's a story. I, I heard it from him. That's what I remember. Anyways, uh, but either, be it as it may, why is, is, is for sure saying why is not obedience? Why, why isn't saying why obedience? The servant doesn't ask why we said. The servant doesn't ask why. He belongs to the master. Vihine. Certainly, the servant has no pleasure and no joy from the service of Hashem at all. From the service of his master. We're still in the parable. He has no pleasure and no joy from what he's doing for his master. And yet, however, when his master's desires are fulfilled because of what he has done, this is his whole life, this is his whole being. That's why, in the eyes of the servant, why he was created, why he was made. He has nothing for himself other than that. His master's desire should be fulfilled. That's his life. That's why he is here. There is no room for him at all, for his own entity, for his own self. Because he has been acquired so in all that he owns, to his master. Even if he buys something and acquires something, it also belongs to the master. Allah says this, that whatever a servant acquires, it uh, it belongs to the master. So it's not just a, um, and it's not just an Allahic thing. It's also like, uh, it also tells you the, the kind of relationship between, between the servant and the master. Like we learned yesterday in the Gemara about um, Mordechai meeting Haman. Uh, when Haman uh, was told by Achashverosh to uh, put him on top of the uh, the royal horse and dress Mordechai in the royal clothing and to parade before Mordechai and say, this is someone who the king wants to honor. So Haman had to get Mordechai. And so in the exchange in Haman and Mordechai, um, so um, uh, Mordechai is, is, is learning with the sages the laws of, of throwing the um, kmitza law of throwing a handful of flour on the altar, uh, that's what Mordechai is talking with the sages when Haman meets him. So Haman realizes that uh, the, the, what the Jewish people are doing is more powerful than what he has been doing. He sees that he's going down. So he says to the sages, your handful of flour is worth more than my 10,000 silver uh, talents that I gave to the king. So Mordechai is like, your 10,000 silver talents? Whatever you have belongs to me. Because the Gemara says that, that they were once traveling together in the desert, and Haman was hungry, and Mordechai had all the sandwiches. You know the story, right? Water. So, yeah. huh? It was water, but whatever. Water, so, yeah. right, okay. So, so Mordechai, so Haman wrote down on, on uh, the, that he would agree to be a servant, a slave of Mordechai. On the sandal of his shoe. On the sandal of his shoe. Right. And, and so, so Mordechai said, whatever you have, it's, it's mine, you don't own anything. It wasn't just like a single fact, you don't own anything. It's like like we're living over here. You don't have any. You don't exist. You don't have your own existence. You don't exist. You are my servant. That's a servant. Even what the servant owns belongs to the master. It, it tells you what relationship. The servant belongs to the master. The servant can't possibly own anything. Mordechai wasn't just just saying a fact. It wasn't yours. It was mine. Nana, nana. He was saying you don't have an independent existence. You don't. You you, you don't have a right to yourself. You, you, there's no. There's, you don't exist. That's the meaning of of of, of a servant. Okay, sounds all negative, but it's a little positive. There's another kind of servant who serves his master with love and pleasure and enjoyment. And this is because he is happy and enjoys 
his tremendous enjoys his service. Why he enjoys his service is because of his love and his bond with heart and soul to his master. But Skarshas say, why is he so connected? Why does he love his master so much? It's not because he is part and parcel of his father, like a child, like the first kind of souls we were talking about, the higher kind of souls, which had this childlike, child-father-like relationship. It's not because his master gives him so much good stuff. It's not because his master gives him stuff. It's not because he gains by being a servant of his master. And not that the master shows him love and therefore he like receives this 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 love of his master and therefore he is so happy to do stuff for his master rather this servant is in a higher level and he knows and he recognizes the great virtue of his master he knows the wondrousness the amazingness of his master because of the, because he recognizes and knows Amazing his master is, he bonds himself with his master with an excessive love. Because the master himself, not because of what he'll get from his master. This is the reason he serves his master. He serves his master with a sense of Kabbalah sale. He's accepting the yoke of his master. It's not like he's a lover. He's a lover, and we'll learn about that relationship later. There's a relationship of a lover. That, that also serves the one who he loves. That's something else. We're talking about not a lover. We're talking about a servant. And the reason why he serves his master with such devotion and love and he enjoys what he's doing is because he recognizes how wonderful his master is. It's all because of the virtue of his master. Because he recognizes how great his master is, that's why he loves him, that's why he devotes himself to serve him for the glory and the honor and prestige of his master, to, to, to take care of his master's food, to take care of his family, to take care of the master's table, to serve him. And the master also relies on him. The master relies on him, believes in him, gives him everything, like Eliezer. Eliezer, God from Avram, Avinu, everything that belonged to Avram, Avram trusted him with everything. So just like the servant, in other words, I think the, the last point is, the servant is faithful to his master. Because he's so faithful, so the master recognizes the faithfulness that the servant has, and therefore he can give him, he can trust him with anything. That's the, uh, in short, we want today about a, a servant who serves his master out of fear, and a servant serves his master out of love and faithfulness. We continue. Okay. Good to see you.